With regard to intelligence, we're basically at the point that evolution was about a billion years ago. This is a quote from our guest today in the Tech Emergence podcast, Dr. Danko Nikolic, who is at the Max Planck Institute for Brain Research, where uh, today we hone in on the difference between learning in a newborn human and in a new artificial intelligence or in a new robot and how we might be able to take the lessons that we've learned from human psychology and our own process of learning and what's already built into our own genome to sort of front load our learning and apply that to constructing a more generally intelligent AI in a totally different way than, than uh, Danko believes is being done today. So without further ado, we'll delve into today's episode. So Danko, before we talk about uh, maybe the, the, the potential um, destinations that we might be able to get to in terms of strong AI or, or general intelligence and, and our developments therein, I know you've done a good deal of thinking with, with a lot of your work being in the domain of the human mind around sort of the difference between raising and growing the intelligence and capabilities of a, of a uh, human, you know, of an infant in this case, uh, and doing the same thing with a machine, getting a machine up to speed from scratch to be kind of generally intelligent. What are the core differences there, and how does one inform the other? Well, the biggest difference is that our biological children, they already come when they're born with a set of, large set of knowledge that they have. They can actually they know what to learn, they know where to pay attention, they have all kinds of instincts, they have all kinds of gene, gene programs that help them turn from one developmental stage to another stage, and all kinds of things they can learn on their own. Even if you you know, put them in a, in a not-so-good environment, they will pick up a lot of things yep. themselves. And robots definitely cannot do that. They, they come basically as double or rasa. So, in order to have a robot that's similarly intelligent to human, we also need a robot that has this kind of knowledge, this bottom line, like low-level knowledge that you come with prepared. And now the problem is that you cannot program it. You cannot write a program. The reasons are simple, just, it's just too complex for a human mind to yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. There are too many rules over there. We don't even know everything that's, that's playing the role and so on. So, how do we do that? And I think we can do that. There's a trick, we can do it by using AI kindergarten, and then we can basically interact with robots in kind of a similar way like we do with children in, in a real kindergarten, but then make robots learn one level lower, not only at the level of the long-term memory, what kids do, but actually lower at the level of something that could be called machine genome. Huh. And and what might replicating that be? I mean, it sounds as though, again, you know, as human beings, we're, we're pretty well, um, we're pretty well prepared, at least in some sense, with all the saved up uh, intelligence of, of the evolutionary process in terms of our own propensities of what to learn and picking up language and figuring out the physical world and understanding our senses and correlating those to our physical movements and uh, putting together certain kinds of concepts and understanding facial expressions and all that is sort of there. Um, when you talk about a machine genome, are we are we talking about figuring out what needs to kind of be there as a basic framework to build around or build to as we construct an intelligence from scratch? Yes, in a way, that's what we would ideally need to have. We would, we would need to have like a robot that comes with all these things pre-programmed and then we could basically treat it as a child. But, of course, we will never have it. We have to start from scratch. We are basically at a point where evolution was 
hundreds of millions of years ago. So we are maybe a billion years ago. So that's where we have to start from. And to accelerate this process, so not to speak in terms of billions, billions of, of years, years but yeah. to cut it down to several years or tens of years, I think what we can do with AI kindergarten is kind of steal this knowledge, take this hard work that evolution has done through eons, and have it translated into our robots, into their genome in a very short uh, period of time. And just to make a point that this, that this is in principle should be possible, it's basically the same way how we transfer our civilization to the next, gen next generation of children, right? So the new generation on the planet Earth does not have to get the whole create the whole civilization from scratch. It took us at least thousands of years to create the civilization that we have today. And yep. yet we can get to each new, new round of people on the planet, the entire civilization, and have them continue. So in principle, we could do the same with the knowledge stored in the genome. It has not been done by evolution yet. But uh, there is no reason that we shouldn't be able to do it ourselves when we, once we understand these processes, how they work. Got it. So, uh, and, and in terms of chipping away and eventually getting to the point where, where we could determine what the machine genome is and, and could potentially replicate it, um, what, are, what are activities today that, that might be able to, or research uh, pathways today that might bring us closer to having some better semblance of, of what what this genome is. As you had mentioned, you know, we don't want to talk in terms of billions of years. Um, what would be some, some particular kind of experiments or, or again, uh, frontiers in research that might help to chip away at, you know, what can we have already there as this machine is developing its intelligence? Well, what I think we should do is something quite different than what is being done today. So today a programmer would, for example, sit in front of a computer and try to program such things. So first step is trying to understand what's going on, maybe read some literature from neuroscience, from biology, and so on, figure out what's going on, Aha, understanding what the rules are. Now let me write down these rules in some C++ code. And then this rule supposedly would be operating and producing intelligent agent. Yep. But what I'm proposing that this is not going to work because as we said, there's too many complicated things going on behind, so we cannot really understand that. But what we can do, instead of giving the exact rules how to behave, we can give examples on what should be done. We can give the machines our own intuition on what is the right thing to do in a given situation. And I have concluded that um, we have to give examples Yep. And, uh, and we have to give examples to the robot. And children's brains have to figure out how to take these examples and turn them into new knowledge, new skills, how to do things better next time, how to copy what they have seen. We have to do a similar thing with the, with the robots, but we have to start much, much earlier from very, very simple type of behavior, something that kids would know already, like the type of behavior you would teach maybe a little bug what to do, or, or a worm, yep. or something. And then they would learn at the level of genes, not at the level of long-term memory, so one level lower, and then gradually improve to, to more and more complex 
behavior to more and more complex artificial brains to more and more complex intelligence and eventually we could get that way to, to, to general intelligence to what we call general intelligence or yeah. human kind of level so it, it almost seems as though in order to, to get there, and I can imagine there's, there's a lot of opinions about this, in order to get there, it's, it's possible that um, we would have to, although in a much more, in a much, in a much sped up process, um, we would have to uh, go through the evolutionary process to sort of maybe distill in the same way that it's been distilled in humans, we would have to distill that that core knowledge about the physical world and putting together mental concepts and constructs um, through a sort of makeshift evolutionary process uh, that we would, we would that might be required for an artificial general intelligence. In other words, we might not just be uh, making the smart thing. We might have to kind of, although in a sped up way, start from the very beginning if we want to get to the kind of general intelligence that that we think of in ourselves, or at least that that would be one approach. I don't, do you think that that's required in order to get to an AGI? Um, or do you see this as one potential approach that seems to be proven by nature, like a biomimetic way of, of approaching it? I think it's, that's required. We have to start from the beginning. But having said that, very important is to realize that by using AI kindergarten, we don't have to repeat the evolution exactly the way how evolution has done it, because this experiment has been done already, and the knowledge yep. is already stored in our genes, so we can accelerate tremendously. We don't have, we can skip millions of failed experiments that evolution has failed already, and we yep. don't have to repeat these mistakes. We can speed it up considerably. Nevertheless, we have to, as you said, start from the very scratch. We cannot just jump into logic or jump into pattern recognition. We have to start with some very, very basic things like very basic reflexes and this kind of things and build on top of it gradually like the evolution there. Got it. And and maybe now we'll talk a little bit about the future then. So um, let's say, uh, you know, that we're able to, to seriously kind of crack away at artificial general intelligence, possibly in, in, in some respect from the level of the genome as, as you're referring to uh, now, and really being able to distill intelligence in the same way that the evolutionary process has. Um, in the next, you know, in, in the last decade, we've certainly made some leaps in terms of uh, machine vision and, and, and uh, you know, deep learning and things along those lines. Um, in the 10 years ahead, where might we get ourselves if, if, we, uh, if, we, if we do very well in terms of our, our developments in artificial general intelligence? What, what might be possible in your perspective, being someone kind of immersed in, in the technology and the understanding of learning uh, at that level, um, what do you think might be possible a decade from now uh, in, in AI? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. And, of course, predicting future Tough. is risky. Sure is. Uh, however, there's some numbers. You need to look at some numbers in the past, extrapolate the past, and so on. So there's one very important thing. If you have a baby that's already ready with all these learning mechanisms that we described. It takes to turn that baby into an adult human intelligent about 20 years, right? Yep. So uh, I don't know how we could hope to get there quicker from now on. I think it wouldn't be possible just from that argument, right? Yep. Uh, however, 
what I think we could do within, say, next 10 years, if we have, if we do AI kindergarten and put enough resources in it, we would develop robots that are not even close, not nearly close to human intelligence and so on, but they would be very much biological-like robots. They would behave as if when you watch them, you would think, well, that's some animal that's not very far developed, maybe a cockroach, maybe, I don't know, some not well, not, not one of the most intelligent birds or, or whatever, but it would behave like they do. It would solve the problems in the way they do. It would have the flexibility and adaptability the way they have. And that's much, much more actually than what we have today with today's yeah. AI, right? Yep. So take any of the today's robots, leave them in a jungle, come two years later, what you will find, just a bunch of rust. Yeah. And take any mice, leave them in the jungle, what you will come, uh, what we will find two years later is probably just many more of the same mice. Yes. So uh, they are more adaptive, not only because they know about jungle, but because of the very nature how biological systems are organized quite differently than, than the AI we have currently right now. Yep. So so maybe in in X number of years into the future we could we could have uh, you know through maybe this this genome approach you're referring to we might be able to have what we might call lower level intelligences um, that are uh, that are maybe not you know capable of uh, you know having a conversation about Proust or or um, you know uh, critiquing the architecture of certain buildings in Vienna or anything like that, but but may nonetheless be adaptive in the way that animals are, and then the the step from going from an adaptive cockroach intelligence to an adaptive cat or person intelligence presumably would be a lot faster synthetically than it was bio biologically. So w what you're saying is that maybe, you know, in, in you know, a decade out in the future, we might be able to attain that semblance of adaptivity in a lower intelligence that would then potentially give us the platform to build on. Yes, definitely. So when, once you mentioned a cat, imagine, uh, remember how flexible cats are. If they want to get somewhere, they get it. They find a way, and they go yeah. through all kinds of obstacles. And we, ha if we had something like this in ten years or 12, 12, 20 years, such intelligent robot, that'd be awesome. We couldn't have a conversation with that robot probably, and all these intellectual discussions that you mentioned. But you could send it somewhere to solve some simple task, and it would find a way. It would run into all kinds of novel situations, and it would solve the problems in these novel situations. Unlike today's AI, which is just pretty much stays stuck if it gets to, to a new situation, yeah. so it would be it would be quite an, an improvement, and we would see that we are on the good way to, to improving this intelligence, getting closer to it. Indeed, and, and maybe that'll bring us to our, our last question, Danko, which will have to do with um, AI and risk. You know, I know some folks really think that a lot of the the focus on uh, AI risk maybe has been a little bit uh, too much. In other words, geez, you know, the robots aren't exactly, you know, swarming us and, and aiming to destroy us right now and, you know, thinking too seriously around, uh, you know, the, the uh, Skynet type scenarios maybe is a little bit much and, and, and sort of a silly thing to even think about. And other folks really believe that even at the level we're at now, uh, it's, it's more than worth considering uh, safety in the development of our artificial intelligences. 
Um, what are your thoughts there in terms of the import of uh, of AI safety now at, at such, you know, relatively speaking, like you said, if you leave any of our of today's robots in the jungle uh, and you come back, you know, two weeks, never mind two years, you're just going to see some rust. Um, you know, given the given how far along we are today, how, how important is the management of AI risk today and, and why? I've talked to people on both sides of the coin, and so it doesn't matter which side you'd go on. Just let me know how you really feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I would like to say first that I was also looking at different opinions, and and I realized that people's opinion depends very much on what they think AI is about, and in particular, future AI is about, what they plan, how they see the AI to develop in the future. And of course, my answer will also depend on how I see the AI to develop yep. in the future. So everything what I will say is only... Uh, it is valid if I'm right about AI kindergarten, right? Yep. And uh, what follows from AI kindergarten, if you look at similar attempts in the past where we manipulated genome of uh, systems, which are biological systems, and we humans did that a lot, uh, what turns out is that we produce, at the end, very benign things, right? And a good example is you take big, big bad wolves from the, from the forest, and you uh, uh, basically uh, manipulate their genomes by crossing them properly. And then what you get at the end is a dog. And a dog yeah. is much less aggressive, For sure. friendly. Uh, people have no problem leaving children with, with their dogs, dog, yep. taking care of them. And that was a big bad wolf. Not long ago. Yeah, yeah. And actually, Big Bad Wolf may, the genius of Big Bad Wolf may still be in a dog and could come back wild if you leave it uh, outside of human civilization. Nevertheless, we were able to do it. And nobody has crossed uh, uh, and, uh, the dogs, uh, the wolves, to become even meaner, even more evil, more aggressive. <laughs> because no. it doesn't make sense. Maybe somebody did, but we never heard of this person, right? Yeah, yeah. Be a very, why. Yeah, very a very strange... Uh, yeah, they probably got eaten by the wolves they started <laughs> exactly. creating them. Exactly, so, yeah. So we are not going to do that. We are, we are not you know, so self-destructive. Even a mili some evil military wouldn't do it, I don't think so, because it wouldn't make any sense. It, yep. would, it would be useless to yep. have such such... So we are not going to develop such robots. What we will select in our AI kindergarten for, the examples that we will give to, to these robots, is to make them actually good to humans, to, to satisfy the Asimov's uh, uh, three laws of robotics. This comes just by, by nature, by our instinct. We, you don't have to educate people to do that. So what we, what we will end up with is a very, I think, very friendly AI that cares for humans. And, uh, and serves humans, and that's all that we will ever produce. Of course, we have to be careful, and of course, you know, it's good to, to watch and, and uh, to have regulation and so on. It's all important, but I don't think there is, there is a, a place, this is a place for, for some major fear, or there is no big risk at all. Okay, got it. So in terms of, of uh, really, you know, kind of biting our nails today, maybe not necessarily required. I know some of the concern, Danko, and maybe this is a closing note here, um, is that uh, creating a dangerous artificial intelligence and, you know, maybe in a physically embodied form or not, however you slice it, um, uh, creating a dangerous artificial intelligence might require less resources than 
creating, let's say, a nuclear weapon. And so, um, uh, you know, although if somebody wanted to create a nuke right now, you know, you need a little bit more than a basement, you know, a pack of chewing gum and, and a microwave. You know, you need uh, you need all, all kinds of fancy stuff and uranium and, and, you know, fancy machinery and time and probably some, some you know, pretty solid team of researchers. Uh, if you want to create a nuclear warhead, you know, you've got to do, you got to do a lot of work and it takes a lot of time. It's, it's relatively easy to detect maybe uh, so, so long as there's some semblance of security. With artificial intelligence, maybe it's possible that a very small, minute uh, group of folk could, could, uh, could release such an intelligence and maybe spread it through the internet or the cloud or whatever the case may be um, in a way that would permit a much smaller, you know, we haven't had any, uh, at least not that I know of, I mean, we've certainly had tragic occurrences with nuclear weapons, uh, you know, with, with Hiroshima and, and, and Nagasaki and whatnot, um, but, but we haven't thus far broken out into full-blown nuclear war with any, any other nations, and, and luckily that hasn't happened on Earth yet, thank goodness. Um, and, and nukes, again, are, are relatively difficult to make. Is it, is it possible that if artificial intelligence were a lot easier to breed bad than a dog, where we would need generations after generations after generations, um, is, is it possible that there's some risk of a smaller malicious group doing more damage even than... A, a big malicious group right now trying to make warheads would. How, how might we fend against that at all, or, or would there be some natural fail-safes um, for that? W what are your thoughts there? Well, I mean, first, you know, we have to distinguish, is it humans behind who make all the decisions, the important decisions, or the AI? Of course, you, you could abuse anything. You could of abuse a fork and use it as a knife yeah. to hurt someone. So someone may try to abuse any some artificial intelligence. Absolutely, no doubt about it. But the question is, does a human call the, the key decisions or the AI call the key decisions? Yep. Now, if the humans are, then, you know, it's the same story with any other weapon, with anything else that we have made, and it doesn't make any difference. The important question is, can, can someone build a mean AI that's mean on its own? And now, if, if you want my opinion on this, you have to remember our discussion for a couple of minutes ago yep. about, the, about the knowledge of evolution and the billions of years it took to acquire all this, all this knowledge and so on. So this basically tells us that we cannot change the genome of anyone of a machine or on a uh, or or of a human or biological system simply by just changing a few parts and then having the thing work as we want so for example as if we want to make it mean we cannot change it because you actually need to do all these experiments with a huge amount of computation in order to validate your guess of what gene should be changed and so on and this huge amount of computation cannot be done easily it may take many many years it's much much more difficult than developing than a nuclear weapon so the answer is no we cannot make things outside of what humans do. What we could, only thing we could possibly do is make, make them kind of similar way of mean and evil the humans can become as well, right? Yeah. And nothing else. But also, I don't think anyone uh, uh, will do it. Even, even greed wouldn't, great greed or whatever uh, wouldn't, wouldn't uh, make you do that because it wouldn't make much sense. I, I certainly hope you're correct on that one, Danko, and, and uh, 
hopefully for some of the folks who've tuned in, uh, they, they were able to glean a little bit of your own insight and, and perspective on not only the development of AI, but also this last topic, uh, our risks. And I realize that we're right on time, but I'm glad we got to get to all three of the questions that I had in mind. This has been great. Danko, thanks so much for being able to share your insights here on Tech Immersions. And that wraps up this episode on the Tech Emergence podcast. Thanks for being here. And remember to subscribe on iTunes to stay on top of the latest news breaks, researcher perspectives, and entrepreneur interviews in artificial intelligence, neurotechnology, and more. And we want to hear from you as well. So be sure to leave a review on iTunes, which are always appreciated, or contact us directly at info at techemergence.com. And remember, all of our entrepreneur interviews and interviews with top researchers from around the world, from Stanford to Oxford and beyond, can be found right on our main site at techemergence.com. Remember to sign up for the newsletter while you're there. So with the best of intentions for a brilliant future, this is Dan Figella signing off, and I'll see you next week.